18th episode of Rising Tide, the Ocean Podcast. Today we're talking with Kelly Wright, who's the uh, founder of the Wyoming chapter of the Inland Ocean Coalition. And of course, we're with our co-host, Vicki Nichols-Goldstein, who founded the Inland Ocean Coalition, starting as the Colorado Ocean Coalition. But let's just get right to it, Kelly. What's the relationship of uh, cows and sea turtles? So we, um, in the Wyoming area, uh, I've been talking to ranchers, and one in particular, and there is a health hazard to cattle. And the cause is, to some degree, are plastic bags. They're flying around, landing in the pastures, and cattle are really intrigued and captured about movements. And when they see this plastic bag, they're curious creatures and they walk up and check it out and they end up ingesting it. So, um, and with cows, what they do is they have four chambers in their stomach. And so they don't really actually digest it. So it can actually get blocked in the stomach or as part of the, you know, as they're trying to digest it, they actually, when they're belching, um, the bag comes forward and can actually block and block the gas. In, and if the cow can't blo- uh, expel the gas, then the, ga- the cow can actually expire. It's a very sad, it's a very painful death. Um, the rancher that I've been talking to, his name is Del Steenbergen in Cheyenne. Um, he's got a huge head of cattle. Um, so he's really, really concerned about this. Um, and he showed me to took me to an area where the bags are just accumulating on the, the fence line. We got some pictures of that. So yeah, he's really helping me with my, um, we're doing the sustainable shopping initiative in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It's on hiatus right now, you know, with the COVID thing going on. Um, but we'd like to get that up and going again. And we're hoping to ban single use plastic bags in Cheyenne. So it's, it's interesting. People usually think of environmental problems on the land and then go to the sea if they do it all. Here people sort of think about or aware that sea turtles are ingesting plastic, that uh, whales are ingesting plastic. Uh, people don't think that much about cattle ingesting plastic. So it's, it's interesting that that's a connection you've made. But of course, before making the connection and, and doing your work around uh, plastic bans in Wyoming, you had to have an ocean connection to Wyoming. Why don't Why don't you tell us how you got to the ocean from uh, growing up in Cheyenne, Wyoming? Well, um, I'm an avid scuba diver. Um, And when I was in the Caribbean, I was doing my master level certification. And during the process, I was taking a course called Project Aware. And it ended up just being the dive instructor and myself during this course. And we talked um, extensively about the plastic problem. It was washing up on the beaches. And so it's just like, it was so apparent. I'm like, what can we do? And he's like, so we were talking about what could be done, what other countries have been doing to you know, address this problem. And he could tell I was really passionate about this, even though I'm in a landlocked area in the United States. He's like, Kelly, you are so passionate about this. Why don't you go home and do something? Um, you know, reach out, do outreach with people, educate them, but you know, make a difference. And he knew I was coming back in March. So this was in November 2018. Um, I was scheduled to go back in March of 2019. He goes, and you're going to report back to me. <laughs> he goes, I want to hear. I'm holding you. I'm holding you to this. He goes, you're going to report back to me and tell me what you've done. I'm like, oh, oh, I got homework. And so, where was this dive? This is actually in on the East End in Grand Cayman. Yeah, really nice, but time of plastic. And you have uh, a, a family history with diving. I do. Yeah, my dad. Um, 
he was a diver um, until he, had, he started having ear issues, but a huge um, diver in the early 70s, mid 70s. Um, so he shared that passion with me. Um, yeah, so, you know, he, would, he had all the, the books and the pictures and anything he could share with us, he did. So that actually spurred um, a love for the ocean and creatures in general. So that's how it got started with diving. So tell us about your homework. Well, that's when I came across Vicki Goldstein and the Inland Ocean Coalition. I, I actually looked, went online and was like, how can I do this? You know, I knew what I wanted. Um, and actually, everything that I wanted, actually, Vicki had already done. Um, but I didn't come across the Inland Ocean Coalition right away. Um, and I actually started forming my own nonprofit. I'm like, okay, this is what I want. It was so much work. So I thought there's got to be something out there. So I looked again and there was Vicki so, and the Inland Ocean Coalition. So I think that was like on a Thursday or Friday, I found your organization online. And then there's an application process. So I did the application and I worked on it all weekend, I believe. Or maybe it was just like I worked on it on Thursday because I was so excited. Sent it in on Friday. And then I heard back from the team or they interviewed me on that Monday and they basically said, yeah, you have a chapter. So it went really quick. I was just, oh, yeah, I still am very excited to be part of this great organization. Um, they're doing great things. Well, we're so happy to have you. We love it when there's someone that has passion and can really fit right into the family with a shared vision. So it's, it's great. And I really love how you're making the connection with the ranchers in Wyoming because if we can't connect with the people around us to make a difference, we really don't have much of a hope. So we're so proud of you. Well, thank you. So, and that's true. Um, sorry, David. That just <clears throat> led me into thinking think about something else, too. You have to think about your surroundings, like you said. So I think about the wildlife. We have so much wildlife in Wyoming. Um, the, all the animals, hunters and fishermen, they don't want to see all the plastic out there. They want, you know, you know, great surroundings and they want their animals, you know, they're hunting and fishing. They want healthy animals. They don't want them consuming the plastic either. So. Right. It's like your pronghorn elk. I mean, pronghorn. Uh, <laughs> the antelope. The antelope. They're, they're like the dolphins of the prairie, you know, those great <laughs> pods of antelope. So true. We have, we have more antelope in Wyoming than we do people. That's so true. <laughs> so if they could vote, your congressional delegation will have antlers and wet noses. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> the cutest, yeah, cutest legislative leaders ever. <laughs> we would. We would. We would. So, Vicki, it really started with the Colorado Ocean Coalition, which has now grown into the inland ocean. I know you were... Uh, active on the Pacific and then spent some time in uh, Virginia, Eastern Virginia. And when you got to Boulder, I I'm going to tell my version of the origin story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, one time you invited me and I came up there to talk about my, my memoir, Saved by the Sea. And you were driving me to uh, Ocean, Ocean First Earth. Dive Shop, which yeah. I didn't know. Everybody assured me that there are more divers per capita in Colorado than anywhere else. We got stuck behind a van full of llamas. And we got there and there were like 50 to 100 people, 5,000 feet above sea level, wanting to talk about the ocean. And I remember you were there and I thought between you, who's on the board of Blue Frontier as well, full disclosure, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and this dive shop full of activists and Louis Soyuz at the time, who did the Cove and Racing Extinction, was based there in Boulder with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember making the suggestion, if, if you started an ocean movement here in Colorado, it would be a natural media story just for its oddness. <laughs> yes. And you definitely inspired me to move forward with this. I, what people thought at the, at the time was a crazy idea, but it's panning out to be pretty much of a good idea. So, and, we're, and we've got Kelly here to vouch for it. So Colorado started what year? The Colorado Ocean Coalition. 2011. 2011. And you had a series of big conferences or, or events there in Boulder. Yes, our first one was Making Waves. Um, and we were doing blue drinks, kind of copying what you were doing in California. And then Dr. Sylvia Earle um, said she would come out to help us celebrate our first year anniversary. And I thought, well, we just can't have Dr. Earl come to a bar and join us at Blue Drink. So we put together an event called Making Waves and she came and lots of other speakers came. And that was the beginning of our annual Making Waves for a number of years, but really raising awareness about, yes, you don't have to see the ocean to protect it. And people who care about the ocean will come here and speak with us about it, which really helped to galvanate the whole movement, the the inland ocean movement that we're really trying to push and expand. I remember at the time I said it was the biggest ocean event to hit Colorado in 30 million years. (laughs) And and I believe Wyoming too is part of the inland sea. Oh yes. We have fossil shells all around us. (laughs) And, And how many chapters are there now? There are 15 chapters, and um, it looks like we might be getting a 16th one. We are meeting with folks from Washington State who would like to start a chapter. Inland Washington State. Inland, yes. You don't want to, you don't want to poach our coastal seaweed <laughs> rebels. No, no, no. There's uh, plenty of room for inland activism in these states. And so, I just want to also to say quickly that part of the um, – Part of the way that we're able to grow is through our Ocean Ambassador Training Program. And Kelly's been very instrumental in helping with those programs and teaching and working with the other volunteers to teach them how to write letters to the editor and op-ed pieces and to really get engaged in their community on these ocean issues. Most people are concerned about the environment. Um, the, the issue that comes down in Wyoming is the oil and gas. Um, yeah, so of course, plastic comes from oil and natural gases. So uh, that that becomes an issue. Um, so are you going to take away my jobs? What is it? 600? I can't, I'm trying to think right off the top of my head, but it's a huge number, the revenue that oil and gas brings in for the state of Wyoming. So it is a touchy subject. So again, you have to really tie in um, the anglers and the hunters, you know, we really want a beautiful landscape out there. We want the animals to be healthy. So that's how you have to tie it in, kind of bring it back around. Right. And, and plastic's great for like Kevlar vest or bathtub linings. You just don't want right. to produce half of it for single use, throw away waste. That's what we focus that, on, right? Yeah, we focus on the single use. When you talk to people about the ocean in, in Cheyenne and in rural Wyoming, how do you... How do you approach it? I mean, plastic obviously is one commonality, but... That's a good question, because when I do my op-ed pieces and they see, oh, she's with the Wyoming Inland Ocean Coalition, people are like, doesn't she know where the ocean is? 
<laughs> get that comment all the time and then people are like oh she's from california <laughs> which i was born in california but i was raised all my life in wyoming and wyoming's uh, true and dear to my heart my family um basically moved there in the 40s i believe um if not sooner but anyways yeah so when people say doesn't she know where the ocean is that's a, a really good lead-in for me because then you can start talking about we're a headwater state we talk about watershed health and where do those waters how do we get those waters to begin with and then where do those waters go um, and what's picking up you know what's in our water as it's leading back to the ocean it's a huge cycle people just i don't know if they forgot their fourth grade education or <laughs> what happened there but yeah you just tie that back in and kind of go over the cycle the watershed cycle and all that rain is ocean exactly when it snows and i, I love it because I'm, when, when i'm in the classroom with children we look out, it's raining or snowing. It's like, look, the ocean's raining down on us. <laughs> so you tie it in that way. And yeah, it's just, and with what we're doing in Wyoming, we really are focusing on the children, the coursework, because they're the ones, the middle age and older people, it's really hard to change their views. But the kids are so tied into this. They're so conservation minded. They want to do better. They see the turtles out there with the straws or, you know, the sea creatures eating plastic. They see all the plastic in their, you know, these shows washing up on the shorelines. So they are, they have it within them, within them to uh, make change. So I remember at the Inland Ocean Summit in Texas mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, graduate students stood up and said, I'm the one who uh, took the picture of that turtle with a plastic uh, straw in its nostril. That video that went viral was so powerful. Absolutely. So Kelly, we're heading into 2021. Um, New administration, maybe instead of being a little cautious about what we can do, there's going to be a lot of hopefully fun things that we can do to protect the ocean and really bring awareness in. Do you have any priorities that you're working on with your chapter coming up? Um, So the priorities, I'm trying to do more scheduled blue drinks. We do these blue drinks meetings and have guest speakers or film screenings. that really, you know, it brings people together. You have a really interesting topic or a guest speaker. You get people on board, at least to tune in, just engage with them that way. Working with the school kids right now, it's really hard with COVID, but we've been doing some recordings where we can actually, or offer, you know, let's zoom in the classroom and talk to the kids that way. Instead of getting in the classroom in person, there's always that digital option. And then the sustainable shopping initiative. It's kind of a... I'm not sure how to go about this uh, with the single-use plastic bag ban because so many businesses are struggling right now just to make it, and I don't want to put any more hardships on them. Although the sustainable shopping initiative was going to going to allow the stores to keep the proceeds from, you know, if, if the person forgets the bag and they have to purchase a recyclable paper bag the store gets to retain that 10 cents or 20 cents, whatever it ends up being. Um, but yeah, so. What was that initiative? Bef- and, okay. and you were saying it, it sort of was held up by the COVID pandemic. Right. So it's called the Sustainable Shopping Initiative. It's a single use plastic bag ban in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, it was going really well. We had co-sponsors on the city council. Um, it was really moving forward. We printed out all this, you know, pamphlets and stuff to go door to door and talk to all the shop owners. Um, And then COVID hit. So we kind of pulled back 
And I was hoping, you know, with the elections that the same city councilman would be reelected and they were. So that's a bonus. These are council people who support a ban on single exactly. use. Yeah, they, they're sponsoring it. And so, Cheyenne, I assume, is the big city in Wyoming. Oh, 60,000. So, I mean, for Cheyenne, I mean, or for Wyoming, it's pretty populous. Uh, We do have the Air Force base there, so that does add to it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we do have those sponsors that are in favor of it. The rancher that was in the Sierra Club um, article, he is the chair and CEO of Dale Steen Virgin. He is uh, the Chamber of Commerce CEO. So he's in favor of it because of the death of at least one of his cats. Of the Cheyenne Chamber of Commerce. Well, good. You've got a solid business coalition going. Yeah, I do. And I actually presented before the um, one of the committees with the Chamber of Commerce, and they voted in favor of it. So we got to connect you with people in Florida so you can have like a save the cows, save the sea cows kind of. Uh, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Being and, with a really cool t-shirt yeah. design. And one thing that's not going away with COVID is drinking. I'm totally supportive of blue drinks. I always feel like ocean people should drink like fish. And we have this <laughs> oh, yeah. 2020 has given us all the more incentive. <laughs> um, and Kelly, the other thing that you've done a lot of, which I'm really excited about, is you have some really innovative uh, cleanups. Oh, yeah. So this summer, it was really fun. And in June, I paired up with a lady. Uh, she's actually a pollinator expert. Uh, she's, I think she is actually the lead in Wyoming for uh, pollinators prospering people. And she partnered with me with two of our cleanups this summer. Uh, the first one was at a reservoir called Crystal Reservoir, and we invited people to come out. Um, We did the cleanup with social distancing, but we also asked people to bring their kayaks or canoes, whatever, any watercraft. So we went out and picked up along the shoreline. We would actually dock, get out, and kind of pick up all the trash, the fishing line, cigarette butts, whatnot, along the shoreline. Um, We did that for about an hour and a half to two hours, and then came back, and we had a barbecue, again, social distancing, and then after that, um, and the lady's name, is her name is Mel Bigler. She would actually take us out on a nature walk. She was an expert um, with plants, pollinators, whatnot. So she was really informative that way. So it ended up being a day-long excursion for people. So it re- I thought it went really well. Got really good, positive feedback. So it kind of tied in everything, the animals, the creatures, the pollinators, and then doing good by picking up the trash. Along so the... the- the Wyoming Ocean Flotilla. Exactly. <laughs> and what I love, what I love about your work, it really embodies the whole concept. You know, having fun, doing great things, creating community, collaborating, teaming up, and having partnerships to really work together. Right. And I think having more opportunities like what you're doing and with other chapters, following that suit. You know, so people are getting together and enjoying each other, and then learning and then doing something positive. And, and I think that's how we really create a movement. And hopefully you're, you know, you're growing your movement and I hope other chapters are able to model that <clears throat> with what you're doing and really just feeling the joy of collaboration. Um, because working on ocean issues can be tough. You know, you see those photos, you see the plastic and, you know, people have said to me over the years, like, isn't that depressing? And I'm like, yes, it's very depressing. but that doesn't mean we have to be depressed 
while we're working on these issues. So, And real value you bring in a political sense. There's three major bills now around the ocean. There's the Ocean Climate Solutions Bill, which has just had a hearing in the House. There's uh, two other bills on um, Plastic Solutions Bill and a, a bill for 30 by 30 to protect 30% of the land and 30% of the ocean by 2030. Both of those, uh, both the second and third bill introduced by Tom Udall, a retiring senator from Utah, another inland state, uh, you know, and, and named as a potential Secretary of Interior. But these bills, they're, they're national legislation. And until people see this, this kind of law and policy as national in nature and not a coastal bill and not a coastal issue, we're, we're not likely to see the real progress that we need to make. Having an inland ocean coalition helps when we've had our Healthy Ocean Hill Days, Capitol Hill Days, and Vicky shows up with you know a delegation from Colorado of over 20 people. The Colorado congressional delegation does a double and a triple take. People not only care about the ocean and the heartland, but they're willing to go to Washington on their own dime and their own time to talk about it. Um, that's how change happens. And, and so, you know, to have 15, 15 chapters, is that 15 states? It is not 15 states because we have a couple in Colorado, um, but okay. we're getting there. How many states you got? Can you name them all? Have you reached oh, the you're going to make me work so hard. <laughs> we have a couple in Texas, I'll, too. I'll, I'll help you. Colorado, Wyoming, Colorado. Texas. Arizona, Utah, Alaska, New York, uh, the Great Lakes, which, which would be Michigan, and Montana. Um, Montana. Are you adding them up? Illinois. 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 <laughs> okay. And it's going to be Washington State. There you go. That's 12. Oh, and, and we have one in Washington, D.C. that was just formed through our latest Ocean Ambassador Training Program. I'm hoping that we will have a huge impact in the next couple of years. Well, you've already... Our chapters. Yeah, you've won a couple of people over. Congressman Agus of uh, Colorado seems to have become quite the advocate for the oceans. Oh, he is. He is a huge ocean advocate. And um, I'm excited because Hickenlooper, who um, just got the Senate seat now, who was our governor, um, has been a big ocean champion and we'll be able to have a good um, communication in the Senate with him. And then there are many other senators throughout the country that we are getting to know and maintaining relationships with. So yeah, it's the idea would be to have all the states throughout the United States um, have ocean champions in all of them. And we'll get there eventually. And Kelly, your assignment is to get Lynn Cheney to become an ocean advocate. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I got to work on her. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few I need to work on. <laughs> we started, we've already had meetings with her in the past. So just continuing yeah. that relationship. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can sure. see it. I can, yeah. I just need to get that rocking and rolling with her and just kind of, you know, I think they'll come around. They just need to be educated and, you know, with the ties, tying it back to Wyoming, the inland. I think it, it's doable. And so you were going to go back and report back uh, in the Caribbean in 2019. So I, I guess that was pre-pandemic. Uh, you you got yeah. back there. You reported oh, to the did. fish. Yeah, and the and the dive instructor. His name was Justin. I remember that. He's no longer there, but yeah, I showed up in March, and I actually already had my chapter formed and I did a presentation to all the divers that wanted to show up. So I did a presentation on the Inland Ocean Coalition and thanked this particular dive instructor for 
being so impactful on my life to actually push me to form this chapter and make a difference. You feel like you're just running around in circles, you don't see any change. But you know you got to do something. You can't just sit idle. So being part of the Inland Ocean Coalition has given me the tool and the networking and uh, the ability to reach out to others and just share that important message. And thank you for sharing it with us. Yay! Thank you, Vicki. Thank you. Rising Tide is a production of Blue Frontier with hosts David Helberg and support from Natasha Benjamin, Ellie Curlow, and myself, Vicki Nichols Goldstein. Rising Tide's editing services and additional technical support are provided by studio Kate May of San Diego, California. The theme song is written and performed by Ethan Kenbark. If you'd like to advertise on Rising Tide, contact us at info at bluefront.org. If you have suggestions for guests or topics, you can also contact us via info at bluefront.org. You can find Rising Tide, the Ocean Podcast at www.bluefront.org or download it anytime from Apple, Google, or Spotify. Off in the salty ocean, off where the waves roll free The sparkling water rises, then crashes to the sea Out amongst the breakers, you'll have no need to fear It's true, it's the blue frontier Tear, tear, tear Off in the salty ocean, off to the blue frontier Sparky, come here, buddy. Sparky, there you are. Good boy, Sparky.